You're about to get insider access to cannabis industry experts, entrepreneurs, activists, and living legends. Meet the people who live and blaze this life every day and are about to change the world. Now your host, the founder of New Jersey's first edibles company, with over a decade of national advocacy, sales, connections, and adventures behind her, a true trailblazer in cannabis. This is Trailblazing with Tiramisu. You've already started. I think we have. Oh, oh we have? Yes. Well, oh. go ahead and announce it, Michael, I, I please. Wouldn't have, I wouldn't have started. <laughs> All right, we can actually cut it here. So you want me to like radio voice? Do you this? want me to do this? No, I mean, I mean we could like <laughs> do ra- do radio voice. Let me see. This is uh, you've tuned into Trailblazing with Tiramisu. No, see, that's not this show. <laughs> no, that's it's not, not this but, show. But it could be like this. Uh, hey, welcome to the very first episode of Trailblazing. No, that's with- not it either. That's not it either. No, it's not. Right? You're right. It, you you have, you have your something? own tone. You need your own. How would you I, open it? Yeah, please. Right, open there's it. no point in us doing it. Like, who are we? I mean, I don't know. It's kind of cool to have you guys open it. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I guess. Give it a shot. I think she should give it a shot. Right. Give it a shot. Well, you've heard our best, which <laughs> sucks. So. Hi, welcome to Trailblazing with Tiramisu. I'm your host Tiramisu, and I'm here today with two Michaels. I have Michael Zapcik. And Michael Palano. Very nice. (laughs) Yeah, I got to give you a round of applause. I mean, that's that's the intro to your show. Oh, of course. That was great. Okay. This is episode one, right? I mean, this is episode one. Your your inaugural episode. I'm debuting. I'm I'm popping my podcast cherry. Fantastic. I couldn't (laughs) have said it better myself. There you have it. Cool. So, um,. I want to talk about your firsts. So, okay, I'm going to start across the table with uh, comic book, Michael. What was your first comic book? My first comic book. Oh, thank you. Uh, (laughs) I I, honest to God, I can't remember. Uh, Comic books were the first one that I was conscious of. Like, I love comic books. I will always love comic books was, I'm going to say, Avengers 151, where I like knew who the artist was, where I knew who the the writer was, and I followed the story. Mm. It was Avengers one fifty one. It was they were picking a new team, <laughs> and they went through the entire history of the Avengers. So they they were talking about like, um, you know, here's the Hulk joined, and then he quit after you know issue two, and you know then they had all these people join, and it was really cool. And they picked their their new roster from there, and they brought back. A something that would never happen today, but there was a um, superhero who joined the Avengers only to betray them because he was a bad guy. Inside mm-hmm. job. It was an inside job. His name was Wonder Man. Oh wow! And he Look joined in issue nine, and he died in issue nine. That <laughs> <laughs> was like Yeoman Johnson. Exactly. It, it, that's, I, that's exactly it. And it's like, all right, buddy, that's it. Sucks to be you. And they didn't bring him back until Avengers 151, where you know he came back and came back from the dead, and they used his brain brain patterns, the, his brain waves, to create the Vision, who would be like one of the the most stalwart of Avengers. Very so the cool. most the most useless bad guy of all Avengers books became like. He's, ultimately he was not, became. He was, he was not a useless bad guy because he turned on the guys well, who died, gave him his died power. He died in one episode. 
He yeah, it was he was done pretty, in one. It's pretty useless. So that no, is... well, no, it's he was a great character. He was like super strong. He could fly. Um, he could he could take down Thor. Okay. You know what? So, sometimes one night is all you need. It can be very memorable. There, yeah, and he was very <laughs> memorable. So they, you know, use... that is a lot of detail for someone who doesn't remember their first comic book. Well, like I said, this is the first comic book that I was like, this is okay. I'm I'm a fan for life. Yeah first one that moved you yes okay so the the other michael we have today is from um it's pizza beer revolution it is it is that's awesome so you guys match beer i have worked in i think 19 bars our, our show actually has <laughs> nothing to do with pizza or beer really yeah it really oh, doesn't okay you know it's it's more of a um a term uh it's like uh you know, when you're sitting around a table uh, sharing food with somebody or having a meal, mm-hmm. um, it's a very intimate time. And that's what the pizza and the beer represents. It's really all about the revolution of our guests, the person we're talking to. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, so far, mine doesn't have anything to do with cannabis, and I'm having a good time. No, so. it doesn't. You know, it'll get there, right? <laughs> it'll we're just, get we're there. just warming up. Yeah, we're just, yeah. We're, we're just rolling up our <laughs> sleeves here. That's all. Awesome. Yeah. So um, what are your guys' views on cannabis? Michael, I'm gonna let you take this. I, one I first. have no view. <laughs> I have no, <laughs> view. no view. No, I mean, I I really don't. Um, I don't partake. Um, I don't have anything against it per se. I could see uh, the way it's going now. I have a lot of friends who were were in the business. I've done some production. I'm a production guy, so I've done some production for uh, local head shops and and things like that. Um, I have no no uh, ill will towards it. I do. If you want to look at it from a um, financial aspect i think we are crazy not to uh, benefit from the the tax dollars it can bring our state I 60 mean, million that's what we lost last year by not legalizing yeah so i mean that's actually sounds low right i could imagine it would i was it would be higher but that's a ton right like yeah. so that's gonna help so, i would oh my god yeah. you, can you imagine that the, the how much do you pay in taxes? Uh, I'm not. No, I don't need that. You pay too much in in property I do, taxes. I do. I'm for it for that reason. I don't. You know, I have no. I have nothing bad to say against it. You know, my neighbor grows a ton of it in his backyard, and when it's hot out, you really smell it. Like I was, I thought he was just smoking it, but I've realized that no, he has a whole entire. Nobody knows where I live, right? You're not gonna put that. No, we're not gonna put up your. His backyard is like a forest. Wow. I, that's It's ballsy, right? But you, you can really smell it. Yeah, that's something we're unfortunately not going to get. New Jersey is home grow, and a lot of people fight for it, and I do think it's a good thing. But the reason is probable cause, because if you have four plants or ten plants and the, elev- the 11th is the limit, and a cop walks past your house, can he say, well, I smell ten plants or I smell 11? Mm. Of course not. So then you get into you know illegal sor- uh, warrants and searches. So home grow is uh, unfortunately something I don't think we're going to get in New Jersey. Fun fact. Yes. When I bought my house, I failed the home inspection. Be- not me, because I was buying it from a seller. The seller, they failed the CO because there was marijuana growing on the property. <laughs> oh, so, was it wild? <laughs> I, I doubt it. Oh, they were, they were growing I, Somebody, it probably okay. the guy who's growing it, was probably it now. Your was probably, <laughs> they knew it was a flip house, right? So there was nobody living there for months. So somebody was probably just throwing seeds or planting seeds on the other side of the fence. So they couldn't get – I guess there could be no repercussion. Yeah. Not mine. It's on that guy's property. Or sure. they, they could have actually germinated themselves. I mean, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a horticulturalist, and I've so. never grown the plant. Yeah, but. growing's one area I'm not really too sure about, but it seems logical, right? Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you're bamboo saying, goes nuts. Yeah, you're saying the weed just like – It grows like a weed. Yeah. The Hence ma- the name. <laughs> Hence the name. Cannabis can uh, – it's self-germinating. 
I would assume. I think so. Yeah. Again, why know. wouldn't it be? I mean, it's like one of the most um, amazing plants out there. So, you're you're asking how I feel about it. I think it should be legalized, not just for the money, but because it does a lot of good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a staple of American, the American economy from the 1600s on, when we first landed here. Uh, when we, I'm, yeah, not me. Yeah. Like, when when the colonists, when those those uh, expatriate what? Brits came over here, they they found that uh, cannabis grew wild and it grew well over here, and they were able to make hemp rope. They could use it for so much um, for paper. Hemp paper is far superior to the the crap that cotton blend that yeah. we use now. It's stronger for everything, for rope, yeah. for clothing. It uh, it was really just suppressed because of the cotton industry. Yes, and uh, in it was demonized in the 30s because of uh, racism. Number one, mm-hmm. and number two, because those uh, idiots at was it? It wasn't tobacco. It was um, was it the Treasury men? I forget. I don't know. Uh, it was uh, there was uh, I think it was a marijuana tax act. Was it there? There was a certain act that it was tied to that they. Uh, yeah, like I'm 19- actually teaching a cannabis course that's coming up, and I have the whole history of cannabis. But it's the one that uh, I kind of need notes on, so I use it. Like least. 1930 to 1932, yeah. there was a, a huge, widespread um, dis. Uh, disinformation um, propaganda propaganda that's really yes so in the 1930s that's when reefer madness came out and that's when you saw the the plant used to be called cannabis india it had a couple different names or cannabis Mm -hmm. sativa is the the real name of it and the government wanted to there was a anti-mexican sentiment at the time and they actually changed it to the mexican word for cannabis which is marijuana and associated it with racism to say these people are coming in and they're being lazy and they're bringing drugs and they're poisoning our country. And as well as Reefer Madness um, doing the same thing for jazz music and black Americans saying they're they're gonna, if you watch it, it's ridiculous. It looks like they're on meth. They're like playing the piano like a million miles an hour. And they're basically saying these people are gonna get all sped up and start raping our women. Um, so the, the roots of cannabis being made illegal and, and also other reasons that were profitable for money and things like that, but most of it was racism. Yeah, it's yeah. An, and to to not get their <laughs> funding cut by three quarters because yeah. once you take uh, prohibition away from people, once alcohol is flowing freely again, you got to you got to demonize something. Yeah, that's just like Milhouse. Uh, Milhouse, just like uh, Nelson says on The Simpsons, got to nuke something. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I have, um, this just occurred to me while we were talking and, uh, I was at a comic con, one of them a couple years ago and there was these guys and I can't remember the title. I wish I did, but they were doing a weed comic book and there was a, I guess a scene where they made pop brownies and they asked if the, they said they had gotten some pushback then eighth wasn't enough. And I said, actually my product specifically is made for that. So you can make it with as little as an eighth. So they were very appreciative of the consult. And uh, I've kind of kept an eye out for that. Are there any cannabis comic books that are doing well? or Blunt Man and Chronic? Yes, anyone? of course, of course. Yeah. No, yes, aside from that. That, um, that goes without saying. If they, uh, there are, I don't know. I mean, yeah. they, they try not to, they try not to make drug use. Uh, even one is innocuous and ubiquitous. Oh, is it because children read that? Uh, that's partly it. Uh-huh. And there are uh, underground comics and adult comics that yeah. uh, I'm, 
you know, Mr. Natural and, you know, R. Crumb and all those guys, they I mean, celebrated like, the cannabis culture. There's like a lot of hentai at Comic-Con for them to be too child-focused. I know. It's not <laughs> weird. It's a little hypocritical in my opinion. But, hey, what are you going to do? Sex, anime is sex, pretty. Yeah, it's hentai, easier to sell anime, than, um, than drugs. Tentacle porn, the whole nine <laughs> yards. But, I mean, even think about this. Um, Steve Rogers, Captain America, the symbol of America, right? What is a super soldier serum but like steroids, right? Mm, true. I mean, it's got to be like an advanced form of steroids. I mean, I don't want to say that Cap's a, you know, he's a doper, but, you know. <laughs> so, Blunt Man Crying, did they ever make a movie with that? They ever talk Gee, about I it? I don't know about that. Have you not seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Yes, of course I have. Well, there you are. I thought the funniest thing was when they both looked, I was in theaters when they both looked at the audience and were like, you know, who would see this or whatever? And yeah. I was like, I love this. And guess what? <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob reboot's coming out and you're going to see a lot of stuff on there. Yes. Because um, Kevin is a very well-known stoner. Yes, so, I know. He's a he's a legend. That's amazing. He's a wake and baker. Waker baker. Is he? I just cool. I just worked with him and uh Jay uh-huh. out in LA. Um working on a TV show. I'm not going to Don't spoil that. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's uh, the 200th episode of Impractical Jokers. Well, congratulations there. <laughs> for not spoiling anything. <laughs> Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it yet, it hasn't aired, but whatever. Cool. Um so when when I was out there, so I I, I guess I'm like the odd man out here, right? Like I don't I don't partake in the cannabis culture, so but I'll share a story with you while I was out in L.A. because it was rampant. So let me ask you this as a, as a New Jerseyan, right? So mm-hmm. when I went out there, how do you envision it happening in Jersey? So a lot of the guys we were working with when we were down, they wanted to go hit the um, dispensaries. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'll take a walk, man. I'm out here. Let's go check it out. So I went and we walked over to the dispensary, and uh, I really didn't dig at all like what I – experienced right so we we rolled up to a dispensary it was in a next to an in and out burger mm-hmm. you know there's a really big like security guard with a gun on his hip but he's out there like watering plants and feeding a, a stray cat which i which i thought was really funny you know it was like totally he looked like an nfl linebacker with a gun exposed on his hip mm-hmm. but he was watering plants and feeding a stray cat and turned and was like super nice like big smile so like that juxtaposition in itself was like a little it's not off-putting. It was just off-putting. It's not what I expected when I was walking up and saw him to what the reaction we got. It doesn't stop there, though. We go in, and it's not what I had expected to be confronted with. It was um, a brick, like cinder block room. Uh, the door, when we went in, he checked our IDs, the guard. He shut the door behind us. And now, you, now you're in a, a cell. And the only thing you see is a window uh, with bullet, what I'm assuming is bulletproof glass. And uh, like you're at the police station, you got to like sign your, slide your license under. Or you just paid a ticket or something, right? Uh, To the court clerk. And she's in a window. She looked like Danny DeVito in this little window. (laughs) And there's another door on our left, which is shut. She checks all of our IDs. There's cameras everywhere. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, And then she, she buzzes us in. The door opens. You walk in and... There and then it shut immediately shuts behind you and locks, and now you're in this. You're trapped in a second room, and all these people are standing there, staring at you, who have been watch clearly watching you on the, the monitors that are all around the room, like big TVs. They just okay. watched you, um, so it's like it was voyeuristic in a sense. And I felt uncomfortable, and then when I walked in, they were all already like they'd already like um, what's the term? They already vetted us. 
So you're, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You felt exposed. I felt really weird about it, and then I don't partake. So like I was watching everybody like buy, and I'm like asking questions, and I don't feel like they were. First of all, we're all from New Jersey and New York, <laughs> and yes. we're in LA. So I don't know if that was a thing. Well, I, I mean, what's actually really disappointing and heartbreaking about what you just said for me is that I think so much of any purchase, and I work in branding a lot, is the experience and the user experience and mm-hmm. why you enjoy a brand. or And, and I want to offer that if I had a dispensary. But the problem is because they're it's all about compromise and because they're giving us potentially the right to consume adult legal cannabis, we have to kind of take what they'll give us. Mm-hmm. And what's been doled out is ridiculously high security measures you know when you talk about a cvs or a walgreens and they have enough opioids in there to kill half the state yeah i mean and no one has ever died of cannabis there's no lethal dose of it and the security measures they're putting in place just to make people feel comfortable but are not genuinely necessary and it did the opposite there there's a security company that has a drone that sits on the top of your dispensary and will chase you down the street if you, you know, but like um, who's, who's, the, are they CV, worried about? Be, so they're, they're me, worried about theft and they're worried about, um, I, now LA was theft. cash only. Yeah. So it was a cash only, right? So is that the concern? Because I have to, I have to, to play devil's advocate here just to really speak to how I felt. If I had to go buy um, a bottle of whiskey and go through those measures, I don't know if I'd be no. buying that bottle of whiskey, man. Mm. I felt really And the same thing. People die from whiskey. But mm-hmm. whiskey, CVS, what do you do? You pull down a little metal gate at the end of the day. That's all you so, do. So my que- I guess my, my question is, my, and I think you may have answered it, Are we? Are, if it's legalized in New Jersey, are those the same kind of standards we're going to see? Mm. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I think this is something that will evolve in time, and hopefully once people – what you said about cash is very true. We're going to have to get credit card processing. And there's a couple banks that now are participating in New Jersey. And we're seeing some alternative solutions with Bitcoin and other say, ways. Can I use crypto? Yeah, exactly. So there is, um, it's coming. And as they become less cash heavy, then it's going to become a little bit more manageable. And I think eventually once people get used to having a dispensary, right now there's this fear, oh my God, we're going to have drugs in the neighborhood. Uh, people are going to be robbing it. What element is it going to bring? All that's untrue. And actually, property values go up in towns that have illegal adult-use cannabis for a multitude of reasons. But um, I think you'll see them ease up eventually. I think we need to get over the hump of making people feel comfortable, and that's why they're there now. But it does make the user feel uncomfortable, which is unfortunate. I was in Eugene, Oregon. And Oregon is amazing. Um, we went to this place, and I'm going to give him give him a shout out if it's okay. Sure. It's called the Space Buds Dispensary, and it was much like the room we're in right now. It's it was very nerd focused, very nerd centric. They did have to buzz us in, but they were very welcoming, very very nice, and um, knowledgeable people. Ming went there like two or three times. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to out you there, Ming, but. Um, <laughs> Ming Chen went out there uh, like two or three times. I went like twice. It was really, really cool. Um, I think it, and they, it was really weird because uh, University of um, Oregon, Eugene, was where they filmed Animal House. Oh, okay. And that's their claim to fame. And they had like, a, there was a bunch of failing uh, things in there, but cannabis turned everything in that town around. Yeah. And now they have a thriving economy. They've got, 
you know, people coming there as a destination. So are, are those dispensaries the same as what I described? Just curious. I'm just curious. I'm, um, I'm going to say no. Is that like a... Like Oregon a, has some of the loosest laws in the country. It's been kind of a, in some ways, not to emulate, but the other... They've had also some of the highest sales in the country, even though people talk about saturation and leakage. But um, what what you see with towns and money coming in is so take a place like Colorado Springs. They opted out, and Denver opted in. And when Colorado Springs saw the money that was coming into Denver, new roads, new schools, you know, education, and four years later they were able to hop back in, and they did because what happens is. You know, this money goes back into your town and then your property values go up. Mm -hmm. And actually, your police force now is retargeting its efforts away from petty arrests for possession into actual crime. So so all these things end up happening. And um, I, I think the states out west are seeing, you crime, know. Crime, crime caused by this reefer madness. Exactly. But. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what we're calling it? Okay. <laughs> No, so it's um, it, it's really great for the cities that yeah. happens in, and people are slowly realizing that West, but we haven't gotten the news over here in Jersey. Will will all right? So break this down for me. So head shops, mm -hmm. which are like on every corner now. I guess that's because um, because they see the writing on the wall. But will these head shops necessarily be where dispensaries and vice versa? No, unfortunately, and this this is something that. As someone who's been in cannabis for a really long time, you see this industry has been built on the backs of people in cannabis culture, something like the local smoke shop owner, you know, you've gone to and got your papers and whatever for a million years. That guy is probably not going to be your dispensary owner. I mean, in New Jersey, we have one of the most restrictive licensing in the country. And uh, the, the average buy-in for a dispensary is a couple million dollars. And if you're talking about the vertically integrated right now, your, your funding starts at, you have to show about $25 million. So that guy who's been your corner smoke shop, you know, selling glass for 10 years, he might not have that kind of money, mm -hmm. but a giant corporation coming in, a multi-state operator, a public company from Canada. Marlboro. Marlboro, of course. You're seeing, out, and, and the people who are benefiting of this from absolutely tobacco, big pharma, um, private prisons, and alcohol. So, I mean, it's and if you can't beat them, join them. There are a lot of people who are coming into the market right now. So you're actually seeing the people who fought for this for so long totally get pushed aside for big business. How will this affect the smell in my neighborhood? <laughs> actually, odor mitigation <laughs> is part of it. I don't know because you already said <laughs> yeah, that. Well, my neighbor. Neighbor. That's what I'm saying. Will my neighbors <laughs> stop growing it? No. Well, I mean. Probably not. It's no. Kind of, it's kind of expensive. So. Yeah. And what what are we looking at? The... Um, the expenses. I mean, it's 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 really steep. Like a, a cartridge, I've heard you can get on sale for fifty dollars, um, but that's with tax and you know cannabis taxes, vice tax. It's high. So and you can get on the black market for twenty five. Right. So you're paying over double, and that's across the board for flour for everything. So I, I mean, I there's a conspiracy theory going on right now that I, I don't know if you heard about the poisoned vape cartridges and people are dying from them. Mm -hmm. Well, seven people died in South Jersey alone, right? Um, yeah. But so 800 people I think have had some kind of experience in America where we have a thriving black market in Canada where they have a legal regulated market. They've had one incident. So, well, it, so people are, people are getting these cartridges on the black market. On the black yes. market. Yeah, so it's skewed facts, right? Yeah, exactly. And then they're banning it in like Massachusetts just did a four-month ban at their legal dispensaries 
which is insane because now we're cutting off access to regulated, tested products and driving more people to the black market where the problem is anyway. Mm -hmm. So this is always the case with everything. Of course. That's, I mean, you know, bathtub gin would make you blind. Well, that, Mm -hmm. that's what was killing people in, um, Dominican. The Dominican Republic. It was bathtub alcohol that they were replaced. The people, the, the, um, housing staff was taking the bottles that were used Mm -hmm. from the alcohol, from the mini bars and they were making bath. Let's just call it bathtub gin for this right. conversation. And they were putting it back in those bottles, and there was a bad batch. And that's why. They, and that's why they didn't know who was dying where, and, and nobody would drink the mini bars. Of course, like you say mm-hmm. in jest, but that's what happened. No, I'm. I was yeah. not saying no. in jest because yeah. this is. Yeah. It's it's legitimate. And yeah. could know, we call our next ba- our next podcast bathtub gin? <laughs> Absolutely. Why the yes. hell not? Um, awesome. It's it's one of those things that you know when. The government gets too involved and they make it too restrictive. People go to the black market. People will go underground and get their stuff elsewhere. They we proved it during prohibition, and that's that led to you know people revolting. Mm-hmm. And you know it's it's a bunch of look. I am not one to be you know thumping uh, thumping the tub for uh, for alcohol because God knows. I don't need any more. Uh, I I drank enough for everyone at this table. (laughs) And if you add 80 seats, you know. So, but I don't want anybody to not be able to get it. It's it's those people who, you know, the, what are the, the, the temperance movements who are like, you know, we need to get this godless thing out of our society. It's like, you know what? It's neither good nor bad. It's how it's treated. Yeah. If you drink responsibly, and there are people, I found out, I've, I've heard this, there's a rumor, that there are people out there who can drink responsibly. I'm not one of them, so I shouldn't be allowed around alcohol, but if I'm one of those guys who's like, I can't drink, so nobody can drink, what kind of a, pardon my French, what kind of a dick am I? No, yeah. A huge one. So, and to your point, Mike, you don't. You don't partake, but you don't begrudge anybody else partaking. No, as long I mean, as they don't people like- could do what they want to do. You know, I mean, I, I think I have a. I guess the problem and lies in. Um, oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. In in in, what are they in in politics with the uh, the lobbyists? Sorry, right. So like everything's about the money, and you can follow the money. Like opioids are are way worse, right? More people die from. You know, opioid epidemic that we just had in this country. I lost so many friends from that. Mm-hmm. Do you know uh, that? But yet, like, that's what, you know, Big Pharma yeah. has a lot of money in that, and they're buying the politicians. So, like, that's where it goes. Like, we all know that. But that's the disgusting part, right? Like, we all know that. So yeah. why isn't there a change? Well, one thing, I, do you know our life expectancy went down for the first time since, like, the 50s? Not, not mine. Not yours, no. But mine was so low to <laughs> yeah. begin with. Like mine didn't go any lower. Like no. I'm only, I'm well, only got another dr- year. You're the one drinking alcohol. That's poison. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's 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 the guy who wasn't supposed to make it to puberty. So <laughs> for real, it's amazing. Like I'm, I I made it to 25. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, I, I know. You I look, look horrible. I look man. terrible. Right? Oh my god. <laughs> you, you might make the 27 club. Who I don't knows? Know. Oh man. <laughs> um. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Cannabis is not harming people. Alcohol does. People die from alcohol every single day. And uh, I love both. I'm not picking a side. But, um, you know, it, it's just crazy. As we're restricting people, we're actually taking a drug that's not harmful and putting them in harmful situations to try to access it. 
But we've been doing it for almost 100 years. For sure. And it's not going back in the bottle. Like, people want cannabis, so we need to just give them good, healthy, regulated cannabis. Right. Not stuff sprayed with Paraquat. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a 70s thing. <laughs> I don't know what Paraquat <laughs> I don't know means. That's... that's an SAT word. I'm assuming it's bad, though. It's very bad. Um, I went to the dentist to get a, um, a wisdom tooth out, mm-hmm. and I, I don't take any pain medication. I'm as tough as nails. I just don't want to take. I don't want to take it. I don't like the way it makes me feel. Um, I've had. I know too many people who, who have gone down bad roads because of it. And I told them that, like, I don't need anything. And he's like, uh, all right, well, I'm just going to prescribe these Percocets for you. I'm like, yeah, but I don't. I don't need them. He's like, let, let me just let me just write you this script, right? I don't want. I did not want them. Like they were pushed. On oh, me, absolutely. Right. Like mm-hmm. marijuana is not in that. It's like not in that category, right? Yeah. Alcohol to me is not in that category. But like, you know, why are we still f- confronted with those problems? Well, I mean, a lot of that is like you were talking lobbying before. You got to remember kickbacks as well. Uh, opioid companies, you know, are they giving out vacations? The farmer reps, all that. I mean, there were people who were running pill mills, just feeding clients, creating addicts. It's all about money. So do you see a turn? Do you see the tide turning? I do. I, I Really, there's a great movement. A lot of people who've had addiction problems coming out and saying, you know what? I was addicted to opiates. This changed my life. I'm managing my pain through cannabis now. And um, it, it's becoming much more. And you're getting more doctors who are willing to give that alternative. Uh, it's called a recommendation. It's not the same as a prescription where you just, you know, write X and get Y. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the tide is turning, and we need to normalize it so your mom or your grandma or someone, when they do go to the hospital, and if they are in pain, they're not going to go straight for that Percocet or something, and they're going to say, let me offer you a safer, non-addictive, non-addictive alternative. And it'd be nice if we uh, destigmatized it, too, because, I mean, I was telling you guys before, I have some friends at AA who, who were like, you smoke pot, you're not sober. It's like, you know what? <laughs> you're wrong. But I can't get that through to you because everybody's been brainwashed for so long. This is not something I do all the time, and it's not something I never had a drug problem. I was, uh, I was the last of my kind. <laughs> I'm like the last of the the pure alcoholics who you know didn't dabble in um, any opioid or or cocaine. <laughs> Very odd, I know. But you're a purist. I know, and he's only 28. <laughs> and I'm yeah. Don't I look good? Um, I actually thought you were younger. Oh, thank you. But you have these people who will make those snap judgments, and we we're all brainwashed in one way or, or another. And sometimes that's not a bad thing, but sometimes it's a horrible thing. Something Michael, just popped something. into my head. <laughs> Go to town. It's so off topic, Go but on. it's really right on par. Okay. So what happens if Jay and Silent Bob are confronted with the McKenzie brothers, right? So now you're talking about two dudes. Who, you know who they are, right? Strange Brew? Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, I got Poser. It. Wait, Do you I, know who they are? No. You never saw Strange Brew? Oh, Get out right now. This never is your watched... podcast, but you're off. <sighs> Second so City Television? No. Um, Bob you, and Doug McKenzie were the- um, You would know them if you- Second City, like him Take from? off to the great white north with um, John Candy. Yeah. Well, John Candy's not uh, – so Rick Moranis and – I don't know the other guys. It name. was Rick Moranis and uh, Dave Thomas, Okay, the founder of Wendy's. Oh, <laughs> well done, sir. All right. Well, it sounds awesome, but I'm going to so have to sit this one out. They're, they're beer drinkers. Okay. Jane, Simon, and Bob are weed smokers. Okay. So they're very similar in character, right? So it just dawned on me, since it's this is really what we're talking about, right? 
what happens when these two have to fight to the death? Well, or save the planet, the four of them. Would they ascend to the level of Cheech and well, Chong? Well, who has a better who has a better shot at defeating the evil, the big uh, boss? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, well, I would have to say it would probably be Jay and Silent Bob. You're taking the weed over to booze. I'm going to take yeah. booze. You're taking booze. Yeah, you can't feel a punch. That's for sure. <laughs> this I mean, show's about cannabis. You have to take cannabis by default. No, I don't. I could no, be, I'm I could be contrarian. <laughs> oh, I like it. I'm well, taking cannabis and because my bosses will fire me if I don't. <laughs> so. Oh, well, yeah, no, but I, I just think... um. For fighting, like there's a, a quote in cannabis that says, um, you know, you, you put four drunk guys in a bar and they'll start a fight. You put four high guys in a bar and they'll start a band. Yeah. So it's like drunk True. people fight. Drunk people are aggressive. Yeah. Cannabis people are nice. They don't want to fight. They're they're chill. But those drunk people who fight yeah. usually fight with each other. They don't fight with the, the guy who's uh, sitting back, you know, just eating a bag of munchos. True. So. so that's why in, in the fight you pick the drunks. The the cannabis are cool mm, people. I would never pick the drunks because no. the last man standing is usually like the nastiest Irishman you'll ever meet. And you don't want to back that guy because <laughs> he's usually a priest. That's funny. <laughs> so it just popped into my head. All right. But hey. Strange Brew. I like Strange it. Brew and. Spoiler and, alert. They get out of the keg. At okay. the end of the movie. Celebrity death match. They, they pee on the fire. You really haven't seen Strange Brew? I haven't. I'm going to have to go home and watch it now. You're going to have to write really that down. I'm, I'm going to write it down because I will forget the name of that. And it's not. it has nothing to do with the song Strange Brew. So. Okay. Uh, so, thanks for uh, bringing that to a screeching halt there, I mean, Michael. You know, that's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> no, it needed to be said. I'm, I'm glad you brought yeah, it up. I'm sure it I'm sure it did, Michael. So why don't you tell us about how uh, D.A.R.E., the program, because you've got, I know you have a statistic here. I do. And I want to hear it. D.A.R.E. So the helped f- more kids get on drugs. Yes. <laughs> so this is my favorite thing. Um, I actually was out in Colorado, and I met a girl who wanted to bring the D.A.R.E. program back. And I was trying to explain to her, and most people don't know, it was one of the biggest failures of the drug war that's ever been funded by our government. Even more than Nancy Reagan? <laughs> I, I think she probably was part of it. I don't know. Uh, just say no. That just was say her, no. That was her contribution. I think after that, she's like, I'm going to go and, and <laughs> I'm going to get some mother's little helpers. Yeah, dude. The, the, tons of money wasted with that whole war on drugs. But so what the D.A.R.E. program did is it took kids who weren't going to do drugs anyway, and they said, yeah, that sounds awful. I'm not going to do drugs. And then it took the kids who had interest in doing drugs. At and risk. At-risk at risk youth. And it basically sat there and gave them pro tips. They just you know, said, hey, this is what cannabis smells like, and, and here's this drug, and this is what this feels like. And, th- and people said, oh, that sounds pretty cool. And people who went through the D.A.R.E. program had higher drug use rates than children who didn't. Mm, that's crazy. And, and I went through the D.A.R.E. program, and I have a picture of me. I've been meaning to post this on social, doing a rap um, in fifth grade. And I remember we had the, we were doing The Running Man, and it said, we're the fifth graders, and we're here to say it comes to drugs. It just don't pay. So I am living proof of the failure of the D.A.R.E. <laughs> program. Can I tell you that – do you remember uh, there was a Scott Bayo after-school special when ABC used to – did you grow up around here? I did, yeah. ABC used to do – and you're younger than me, so so um, Scott Bayo 
of Happy Days fans. Mm-hmm. Sure. And Joni Chachi. Lo- Joni loves Chachi. We all know Miss Chachi. And, or, uh, or, or Charles in charge. Charles in charge. Hey, Charles, it's me, buddy. <laughs> buddy Lembeck. Um, and uh, Buddy Lembeck, who was played by Willie Ames, went on to become Bible Man. Bible Man. He is a born-again Christian um, guy, but that's neither here nor there. Talk about um, bringing a podcast to a screeching halt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Willie Ames, I'm turning this freaking thing off. Um, the only thing worse he could say is Kirk Cameron. So uh, they had this after-school special, and it was Scott Charles in Charge Bayo. Uh, got hooked on marijuana <laughs> and flushed his entire life down the toilet. <laughs> so, which is probably not the truth. <laughs> I mean, he he looks pretty, you know, See, flushed to me. He, he looks rough now. You no, know, he looked. He, he, no, not really. He looks like Chachi, but a little bit older. What's the he last was on um, Arrested Development. Oh, he I was going to say, when did he last work? I didn't watch that. He played uh, Bob Blah Blah. Oh, Bob Blah Blah. Bob Blah Blah. Yeah. yeah, Bob Blah Blah's Blah Blah. It was Bob Blob. Blob, Bob Blah Blah. Uh, his name was Bob Lob, and he was a lawyer, so it was Bob Blah Blah. Bob Blah Blah. Bob Blah Blah's Law Blog. Yeah. So I'll try saying that Such a bunch a of times. Uh, Arrest Development was genius. But hmm. he's also a Republican, so he doesn't really work that much. He actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he called Michelle Obama the Bat Lady. Why? Remember the Bat Boy from um, for the National the, Enquirer? The, well, Weekly World News. What? Close t- enough. Yeah. Um, and because there was a picture of her like yelling, she was pissed, and uh, they had Bat Boy like, you know, bearing his fangs, and he put them both together, and it was like, oh my that God. wasn't really a good thing for you to do there, Chachi. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 At first, I thought you were gonna go Batgirl like Batman. Batgirl, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cute." No, <laughs> no, he no. took that another way. He took it another way. It was it was horrible, and uh, so he's not really working very much these days. Yeah. So, hmm. um, but we did um, my sixth grade, seventh grade class. We had a um, a thing we had to do, and so we filmed this thing. And one of our, you know, the the perils of marijuana, and one of our friends, you know died because he OD'd on marijuana. We didn't do any research on this. <laughs> and like three of three out of the people out of the ten kids who made this thing, three of us had substance abuse problems <laughs> later in life. So I was like, ah, oh, that's that's kind of fitting. It's funny. I wonder how much of that is true in today's media, right? Like have you seen and I, I'm gonna use this as an example, but I don't believe uh that it's false. But have you seen Euphoria? Mm-mm. Anyone? No. Anyone? It's on HBO. It's like I, I tried. I watched an episode of it or two, and it's about a, a girl in high school who gets a heroin addiction, and I and it's it's like powerful, right? But that's that's ultimately what the back to school after school special with Scott Bayo was trying to accomplish, <coughs> but with totally misleading information, right? right? But so I, you know, my question is: is is there any way that what they're doing in Euphoria? Is misleading, right? Or this is well. Wait, have you ever smoked cannabis in your life? No. Oh, so you don't even know like what it feels like. No, it's it, not that I've done heroin, but I, I've had opiates, and they're very far apart. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, actually, cannabis gives you a sense of well-being, and it also um, makes you think deep thoughts, like, "Oh God, I'm going to die next week," you know, <laughs> or something like that. I'm not long for this world. You know? And in the grand scheme of things, it's true. And, and and it's also non-addictive, so you're not going to find yourself like 
Right. But I'm going to do it in an alley for it. And yeah. it's... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you well, might do it for free. Listen, now we have an episode title. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Blown a dude in an alley. All right, there you go. Yeah. Uh, that, wow, that is that, that almost brought this thing to a screeching halt. <laughs> well. um, I almost didn't say it too. I was I, like, you know, yeah. sure, sure. But we're just guests here. <laughs> we are. We're just guests. You, you know, hey, you gonna bring this to another halt? <laughs> I mean, no, I was just no. I'm, we I'm should maybe asking. cut it one minute ago before I said that. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just wondering if you had to go because uh, I mean I can continue talking about. Um, I should check out if uh, if you're going to go a much longer, but you know, it's up to you know, what are you guys going to do? Well, we're uh, at 42 minutes. Yeah, we could wrap it up. It's fine. It's fantastic. I ho- you know what? You are fantastic, Tara. I love hearing. And you say that your facts and figures are. You came in here and you're like, um, I know statistics. It's boring. I was not bored for one minute. Oh, that's good. Uh, you've never smoked pot. No, I wasn't bored for a second. I mean, so you know, I think it's a, I think it's a a, a great, it's a great show. Um, I'm sure you have a great product line, and like I'm excited to see where it goes. You know, and I'm sure you're uh, as this builds out, you're gonna you're gonna grow your listenership, and it's all gonna go where you want it. I, I've I'm very impressed with uh, with your knowledge <laughs> and your ability to drive it. Like I think she's got she's got something she's got something. I'm here. telling you, she does, and you know, I her, wouldn't have Mike on again. I wouldn't either. I mean, anytime Either you want Mike. me on, I'm here. But like, I wouldn't have him on. Oh, what? What a guy! <laughs> I, I, you know what you should do is slip him a dose. Don't do that. Do, oh my oh, god, that's not okay. That's not no. Okay. It's perfectly fine. No, who are you? Who are you yes. Don? No, you can't. Um, I, I can't do yeah, that. You can't dose people, to. guys. I, th- yeah, I don't think there's anything about consent. People don't talk about that like ever. Oh man, episode, <laughs> episode two, consent. <laughs> Right now, um, but yeah. tell us. Thank where, you guys, though. Tell, I, I really first off, I just want to say thank you. That was very sweet, and I appreciate it. Oh, not at all. But I, what I would like truth. you to do is um, rep your brand. Absolutely. So, um, Blazing Bakery, we have uh, a lot of new products coming out. We're going to be expanding to four other product lines, and uh, I'm going to be here every week with Trailblazing with Tara Masu. We're going to have a lot of exciting guests coming up. So please subscribe, rate us, tell your friends. This is the most awesome podcast ever. And uh, check out blazingbakery.com. Follow me on social. What social? What's your Twitter handle there? They, I am Blazing Bakery or Tiramisu everywhere. B-L-A-Z-I-N Bakery. Do you need to spell bakery, Mike? Uh, <laughs> yes, I actually do. I can't. Hey, thanks for having us on.